guys, what's up? It's Abby, and this is the third episode of To Catch a Killer. So if anybody happens to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts or whatever you might listen to it on and you are enjoying it, please, if you could leave a rating or a comment and review. I'm just getting started, and I would love to see this podcast reach a few more people. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started. Today's episode is going to be all about David Cam. So you might have heard about this before. It's actually a fairly recent murder mystery. Well, I guess it's not really a mystery anymore. A little heads up. This will be solved by the end of the podcast. But it's something that has been resolved in the last 10 years. And it's based out of Indiana. To get started, David Cam was a former Indiana State Police Trooper. On the night of September 28th, 2000, David Cam was said to be at a church playing an organized game of basketball um, with 11 other people. This basketball game was supposed to start around 7 p.m. that night night and David said that he was there from 7 p.m. to around 9:20 p.m. So when David got home around 9:30 p.m. that night, he found his wife Kimberly laying next to their car and immediately he knew that she was dead. So in a panic and looking for his children, he opened the car and found his son and daughter. His son was named Bradley and was 7 years old and his daughter's name was Jill and was 5 years old and they were both shot to death as well sitting in their car. David thought that Brad might still be alive when he found the kids, so he reached into the car over his daughter Jill and grabbed Brad and laid him down on the ground where he began CPR. After his failed CPR attempt, David called the Selzerberg, Indiana State Police for help, and then he ran across the street to his grandfather's house. He told his uncle, who was staying at his grandfather's house at the time, everything that had just happened. So as I said, David had previously been a state police trooper, but had quit several months earlier to begin working for his family business. The police showed up at the scene, clearly seeing everything that David had already told them. His wife dead on the ground. His son was now dead on the ground as well because David had picked him up out of the car. And his daughter, Jill, was still inside of the car. So the last time anybody had seen David's family, they were last seen leaving their swim practice in their hometown of Georgia, Indiana, around 7 p.m. And 7 p.m. is also about the same time that David had arrived at the Georgetown Community Church to play basketball where I said there were 11 other people there playing basketball with him. Now, only three days later, after the murders, on Sunday, October 1st, David Cam was charged with his family's murders. He was convicted partially based on the bloodstain patterns on his t-shirt he had been wearing at the crime scene. David's first trial began on January 14th, 2002. The medical examiner had estimated that the family was killed around 8 p.m. on the night of the accident. Although David had said he was playing basketball until around 9.20 p.m., and there had been 11 witnesses that testified they were in the gym with David on the night of the murders from 7 to 9 p.m. The prosecution claimed that David had made a phone call from his house at 7.19 p.m., which went against the alibi that David had been at the church playing basketball by 7 p.m. This claim was later refuted when a Verizon employee who testified said that due to a software error concerning Indiana's weird time zones, the call was actually placed an hour earlier, around 6.19 p.m. There were also eight small stains of blood on David's shirt that were interpreted as being high-velocity impact spatter and had come from the blood splatter caused from the gunshot. 
Rodney Englert, who was hired by Floyd County Prosecutor as a blood-staining crime scene expert, was not available at the time to go to the crime, so he actually sent his photographer, Robert Stites, to check out the scene. During the jury, there were dozens of women that actually also came forward and testified as having affairs with David throughout the last few years. So this just comes to show that maybe David and his wife Kim's marriage wasn't as great as some people might have thought, but after all of this evidence, the jury found David guilty on March 17, 2002, and he was sentenced to 195 years in prison on April 11, 2002, for the murders of his family members. In August of 2004, almost two years after the convictions, the Indiana Court of Appeals overturned the convictions, stating that the trial's judge's decision to allow testimony from a dozen women who had claimed they had affairs with David were unfairly biased and did not have anything to do with the actual murders. After the conviction was overturned, the prosecutor, Keith Henderson, refiled charges against David in 2004, so this was only three months after the conviction had been overturned. In February of 2005, Charles Bowen was identified as a suspect. This didn't come out of the blue. There had actually been an unidentified male DNA found on a sweatshirt that had been left at the crime scene. In early 2005, it was run through the national database and matched Charles Booney, who had been previously convicted of three counts of robbery and one count of attempted robbery in Indiana. Boney had been sentenced to 20 years for three counts of robbery in 1993. Boney stated that when he was released from prison three months before the murders, he had sent his prison clothes to the Salvation Army and the Cam family must have bought the sweatshirts from there. Boney's wife had also stated that Boney beat her, threatened her, and used a stun gun on her in the past and he definitely had anger problems but she still completely believed he was innocent. Later on, Boney's palm print was found on the Cam's vehicle. He tried to explain this away by saying he had been at the house to sell a gun. Later on, he admitted that he had been at the house at the time of the murders. So this just goes to show a lot of times when people are being prosecuted for something, they start to tell little bits of the truth slowly and slowly. So first he says he wasn't at the scene at all, and then he says, well, I was there to sell a gun. And then just a little bit after that, he says, okay, yeah, I actually was there at the scene of the murders. Boney was then arrested on March 5th, 2005 and charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder. On March of 2005, David's charges were dropped, but he was then recharged and it was announced that David and Boney would be charged together. So David won a ruling from the Indiana Supreme Court to have his retrial moved to Warwick County, Indiana, while Boney's ruling stayed in Floyd County. On January 26th, Boney was found guilty of the murders of the Cam family and also conspiracy to commit murder. He was sentenced to 225 years in prison and was denied an appeal. On January 17th, 2000, in the opening argument of David's second trial, the prosecution argued that Kim had discovered that David had been molesting their daughter and that he had killed his family to cover up his crimes. Kim's friends also testified that Kim had been upset leading up to the murders and had planned to take the kids on a trip to Florida, which I assume David didn't know about prior. The prosecution again tried to claim that the blood on David's shirt had to have come from being at least four feet away from the victims at the time of the shooting. The defense suggested that the blood on the shirt could have been transferred from reaching over his daughter to get his son when he saw them in the car. The jury found David guilty again on March 3rd and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. So now at this point in the trials, we are over six years in and two trials completed. So this is, was a long time coming, a lot of trials and a lot of back and forth. But now, four years after the trial, 
David Cam spoke publicly about the murders, stating, and I quote, I am innocent. I did not murder my family. I did not molest my little girl. The reality is Charles Boney murdered my family because he is a perverted monster. In June of 2009, the Indiana Supreme Court reversed the second conviction, stating that the closing argument commented on David molesting his daughter, Jill, and that it was unfairly biased the jury because there was no evidence connecting the girl's genital injuries to her father. So in December of 2009, the prosecution refiled charges against David, and in June of 2010, David's attorney asked the Indiana Supreme Court to appeal a special judge, and in November of 2011, a special prosecutor was appointed to the case. So now we're 10 years into the case, and we're on our third trial for David Cam. The third trial began on August 19th, 2013. Robert Stites, who was, remember, the crime scene photographer who had initially said the blood stains were from gunshots, had admitted he had previously lied about his credentials and had never been accepted into a PhD or master's program and was not qualified to rule on the blood stains. Following the trial on October 24th, 2013 now, a jury found David not guilty of all charges. It was said that after the trials, although they don't believe the police necessarily wanted to convict an innocent man, they also didn't want to admit that what they had done had also been wrong. That at the crime scene, they didn't do everything properly, and they let this man, Robert Stites, convey that one of the biggest pieces of evidence, which was David's blood splatters on his shirt, um, say that those were definitely from gunshots, and when in reality, it makes more sense and is more plausible that they're simply from holding on to his kids and trying to help with the crime scene as soon as he got there. Because I'm sure, I guess nobody ever knows what they're going to act like in a situation like that, but I would imagine somebody who's innocent of it is going to try to do everything they can to help their family. And clearly, like he said, he thought his son was still alive, so he's going to get in there and try to do what he can. And in the meantime, he got some blood on his shirt, and for some reason, that was never taken into consideration. It was also found that Roddy Englert, who was the main expert used to convict David, and is also the man that sent his photographer to check out the crime scene instead of himself, had also previously been involved in in convicting another innocent person's murder. So he's had a track record of this kind of thing. David then sued the police and state experts for $30 million in damages. He didn't receive the full money he wanted, but he did end up with around $450,000. I found an indie article that came out after all of the trials, and this is actually something that happened between the first and the second trial from what I understand, but a former inmate had told jurors that while he was giving David a tattoo, David had confessed to killing his family, saying that he only used the basketball game as an alibi and he'd left during the game to carry out the crimes with a three. 80 caliber handgun. And I did read somewhere that although all 11 people at the basketball games said that David was definitely there and they all saw him, they couldn't all say that they had seen him 100% of the time. So nobody could say that it wasn't a possibility that David did leave during the basketball games and come back. I'm not sure how far he lived from the church, but from what I read, it did say that he was done playing basketball around 9.20 and he was home around 9.30. So I would guess that it was less than 10 minutes 
minutes away from the church. So the former inmate who had made these claims also said that David seemed to be the most upset about the death of his son and didn't say much about his wife and daughter. Some think the former inmate who had committed the murder and served 18 years in prison might have only come forward with the alleged information to get his own sentence reduced, which is definitely a tactic that a lot of previous inmates will do um, or even sometimes it's something they'll do just to spice up their own life because they have nothing else going on at that point. After three trials it's almost hard for me to believe that they were able to go through this much information and really all they had going for them was the blood stains on the shirt. I mean he had an alibi he was at the basketball game and clearly this is just my theory and maybe there's things that I don't know and the jurors know but after three trials David was not convicted of the murder of his family and he is now a free man. So let me know what you guys think. If you guys think maybe there's more to this and David did commit the murders or maybe he was even working with the bony guy who did end up being convicted of the murders in the end. Maybe they did it together or maybe David just really had a lot of bad luck and was convicted and put through this for 10 plus years while also grieving the loss of his family. So let me know what you guys think. Um, I will be back with another episode shortly. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.